GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to Noise Land Arcade. My name is Craig WK, and with me is the Arcade Phantom Sean. How's it going, Craig? <sighs> Craig, what's wrong? We're talking about The Simpsons. You love The Simpsons. Oh, it's just so awkward. <sighs> oh, come on. It's not that bad, is it? Is it? The War of The Simpsons. Sean, lay it on us. When did this episode first come out? May 2nd, 1991. In this awkward episode, Homer gets drunk and embarrasses Marge, prompting her to seek out marriage counseling near a lake where Homer could fish. Oh, goody. That sounds fun. Fishing. We're going to have crazy zany fishing antics. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, Sean, I, I, I've got a little bit of news for you. Yeah, what's going on? So, yeah, around this time, uh, May 2nd, 1991, uh, in Detroit, Michigan, where we're based out of in the Detroit area, plans were being made to build a new stadium for the Tigers. Uh, Tiger Stadium had been opened on April 20th, 1912, in the Corktown neighborhood of Detroit. It eventually closed down uh, on July 24th, 2001. It was demolished in 2009. Comerica Park has been built in downtown and opened uh, April 11th, 2000. Around this time, though, county officials were concerned that due to the high cost of the stadium being built, that tickets could get up to $30. $30? 30-hole-dollars. Good Lord. What would happen if tickets were $30 to a baseball game? They'd be a lot more manageable. John, I, I, I took a look at what the current prices of De- uh, Detroit Tigers tickets are in our home, in our home stadium. Okay. $60 is the current price of poor seats. Do you want to know how much behind like home plate is? Uh, I actually have an idea. My dad has tickets behind um, third base. Around $200. Yeah. $30 would be a godsend. That's what was going on in Detroit. And the reason I bring it up, because I, I don't usually bring up a lot of local news. I try to keep it pretty national, pretty you know oriented around the world. But I... I mean, the thing is, is I feel like tons of cities have had stadium replacements. Oh, yeah. In more recent years. You know, in the last probably like 15 to 20 years, stadiums are being replaced because, you know, they have more people coming in. They want to, like, bring in more stuff. They, they you know, they got to maximize it. They also want, you know, sponsorships. Like, our park is Comerica Park. Comerica's a bank, right? Yeah. You know, so, like, I mean... It's and you know like we have in Detroit we have like the Little Caesars Arena. I I hate any arena that has its name by a sponsor. I really do. But so many of them do. I know they do. But I hate it. I hate it so much because yeah. it would be so great if they were named after like greats of the sport or things like that. Well, we used or, to have Joe Lewis yeah, Arena, which is you know a, a great boxer, boxer. And, and now we have Little Caesars Arena. Good God. Yeah, it is very, very corporate. And I mean, I get it. They're going to shell out a ton of money. All right, that's fine. Like, it's 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 a, another way they can, like, put the, the brand in your head. But, yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I don't know. It just, it just feels like they could have had it, you know, be Joe Louis Arena, sponsored by Comerica. Yeah, they could have done something like that. Or even just had a ton of Comerica sponsoring and have it be the Joe Louis Arena or whatever. Or, or whatever athlete it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, so Sean, what kind of uh, news around the world do you have here for us? So, I've got kind of interesting news for us. Mm-hmm. It's actually widely debated news. Yeah. So, on May 6th, mm-hmm. Sierra launched the Sierra Network, which had okay. the Shadow of Cerebus, which is by many considered one of the first graphical MMORPGs. Oh. So it's debated on if it is the first MMORPG mm-hmm. because there were actually a couple games that popped up on the indie scene at the time that were passed around through floppy diskettes through shareware. Yeah. And most people will say that it is the first commercially successful MMORPG, but Neverwinter Nights is the first. Oh. So it's a widely debated topic, but what may be the first MMO 
came out right now. Weird hmm. to think that it was all the way back when Simpsons was in season two. Yeah, it really is. Because when I think MMO, I think World of Warcraft. It's my gut reaction. I think Ultima. I'm old. I'm <laughs> old and I played Ultima. Well, I mean, you know, if you want to be a geezer about it, then sure, yeah, it's Ultima there, Grandpa. <laughs> so... Didn't Matrick play Ultima? He did. Yeah, okay, cool. And he's also old. Matrick cool. on stage, friend of the show who is uh, uh, a streamer on Twitch, Matrick on stage. Uh, Shout outs to him because Ultima's where it's at. You guys, yeah, you guys both dug Ultima. I never really played it much. I, I think, I don't even know if I rented the Super Nintendo game, honestly, uh, which is, a, am sure, not as good of a port as the PC versions or whatever. But let's get into yeah, this let's great episode on. of The Simpsons. Oh, boy. So, Marge is excited about a party. They're throwing this party, uh, and Marge says that, you know, they don't really throw parties. It's like the, apparently like one of the first ones they're going to do. And Homer's like, we had a party? What about the, the holy men and, like, you know, the, like everybody there? And she's like, Homer, that was our wedding. And he's like, oh, whoops. And going with Simpsons continuity. That is not, that is the not their wedding. So what holy men was Homer thinking of? I don't know. The the guy who gave him the chips for getting married? At the, uh, I now pronounce <laughs> and <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I I Homer and and Marge are sending the kids to bed. You know, the guests are about to arrive and you know, Lisa wants to hear what like adult like witty banter is and like and Bart's like, "Ah, oh, you can't have any fun in bed." And Homer's like, when you're older, you'll know better. And it cuts to him in bed with a sandwich. I love anytime Homer makes a joke and you think it's going to be sex, and it's not. It's something food-related or beer-related. <laughs> Being lazy or whatever. I love it. it is one of, and, and this might be one of the, the, the first real, like not real per se, but like one of the best and first cutaways of The Simpsons. Yeah, and it is so good. Uh, and so guests arrive. They they before the guests arrive. I got a, qu- oh, a question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you eat in bed? No, no. I I do not eat in bed. I eat in bed all the time. Really? All the freaking time. But you get crumbs everywhere. I am very very diligent and don't get crumbs everywhere. And there's now a cutaway in my head of you in bed with <laughs> just like crumbs all over and like half a eaten sandwich under your back, like a like a, a whole turkey just lying on the bed. <laughs> Typically everything I eat, I knife and fork in bed, even if it's snack type food. So like I will just shovel chips with a spoon into my mouth so they don't get crumbs everywhere. Why are you so weird? <laughs> I, I Anything food related, you... <laughs> Weird me out so much. How how do you eat chips with a spoon? Because You're a you mutant. don't want to get crumbs in the bed. You're a That's mutant. How. You're a mutant. My girlfriend would kill me if I got crumbs in the bed. All right, we bought enough. a nice sleep number. I got to do something <laughs> where I don't get the crumbs in the bed. And I'm up late, so I'll be eating a pizza with a knife and a fork. Now, that isn't as weird. Don't be wrong, it's weird, and you're a mutant, but it's not as weird as chips with a spoon. <laughs> chips with a spoon is one of the best. I mean, like a like Fritos, I, I guess you can treat it like a dry breakfast cereal, but like... Any chips you treat like a dry breakfast cereal, you just dig in there and get a bunch of the spoon and eat them. I cannot imagine eating Lay's potato chips with a spoon. <laughs> it's so do good. To, do you have to chop them up a bit? Like crunch them a bit? No, you just scoop them up. It's great. Anyway, you could, you could also use chopsticks. Chopsticks and uh, Cheetos is always a good way to go. You disgust me on a level that I cannot <laughs> even enunciate. <sighs> so the guests start arriving. Marge boots the kids upstairs. Homer starts freaking out. He's like, What's our friend's names? And uh, they, you know, panic and they open the door, and Flanders is first. And uh, people start coming in, and uh, maybe Flanders wasn't first. Flanders is first, because okay. Mo is second. That's right. And Flanders yes. asks if he can be bartender, because he's got a PhD in mixology. <laughs> Mo says, college boy. <laughs> I love the fact that Mo has been slighted, the bartender. <laughs> and he's also, he's not willing to fight it. He's, he's just going to get jealous about it. And, and just concede to the fact that Flanders is a better bartender. Well, I mean, Flanders doesn't like Mo. He thinks he's an ugly, hate-filled man. 
he does think that. Although he also would know that Mo is the guy who reads to children at the uh, hospital. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Anywho. So we have uh, uh, Flanders makes Homer, I think he calls it just Flanders Punch? I believe so. I don't remember what he made with it. Now, do you, did you get the recipe? I did not. Ah, I have that. It sounds... Hmm. Well, let me describe it. And, and, and I know you're, you're pretty big into mixed drinks. I, I don't okay. really drink a lot of liquor these days. Uh, my liquor drinking days ended at a Halloween party that Sean threw. Many, many years ago. Oh, I hope I get to tell that story sometime. Someday. It's... Maybe, maybe that'll be a Patreon special. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get real drunk. <laughs> 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 get drunk and tell drunk, embarrassing stories. Oh, that'd oh, be a good pa- Patreon episode. Uh, so we have uh, uh, Flanders Punch is three shots of rum, a jigger of bourbon, and a dab of creme de cass- uh, cassis, which is like uh, made from black currants. Does that sound good to you? It sounds like a lot of liquor and not anything else. I'm sure something else is in it that he didn't mention, some kind of mixer, like a juice. I mean, it is red when Homer drinks yeah. it. but So maybe it's just the liquor itself he's explaining to Homer. Yeah, because Homer did say he didn't taste the alcohol in it, and he says, oh, contraire, there's this much alcohol. It would be weird if it was just the rum, the bourbon, and the creme de cassis. And Homer's like, I can't taste the alcohol. But it would explain a lot because Homer immediately starts slurring his words after that. Yeah, it's very quick. And, okay, I drink a lot of mixed drinks Mm -hmm. on the 4th of July, which is a big holiday for us in America, for those who don't live in the country. Mm -hmm. I got very drunk. Very, very drunk. I started playing drinking um, Uno. Oh, and um, that ain't good. I was doing shots of beer alongside drinking hard alcohol. Uh-huh. And it took me a while to get my speech slurred, but by the time it did, I was like the Homer level of slurred. So he <laughs> gets drunk real quick. Yeah, and Homer should have a pretty high tolerance, so it's got to be pretty heavy what he made. Uh, Marge I, 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 you know, tells Homer, she says, you know, don't forget what happened. Uh, at the Winfield's party when you threw up in the laundry hamper. Explains why the Winfields hate him. It does indeed. Uh, also, Marge tells him to lay off the Elkie Hall. She says the exact same thing she said, and there's no disgrace like home. Elkie Hall? Elkie Hall. Uh, just any reference to your least favorite episode makes me so happy. Yeah, we'll get more into that in this episode. <laughs> So at the party, we have Mr. and Mrs. Hibbert, uh, Carl, uh, the Flanderses, uh, the Barflies, two random people who we'll find out. Is, uh, one is Marge's friend and her husband. Uh, we have Mo, we have Barney, Penny, and Selma. And Barney had a date with Selma previously, and he says, I remember you. You're Marge's sisters. And they spray him with mace. Yeah, Patty is real quick to mace Barney. Patty ain't a fan of Barney. She knows that Selma wasn't having a good time with uh, Barney, and she also is just kind of not a big fan of men in general, it seems. Yeah, but still, I mean, to go straight to macing the guy? She owns stock in the company. (laughs) (laughs) So, No, literally. uh, Well, at least uh, uh, Selma does. Yeah. And we don't know if Patty does for sure, but I would presume they do. They share. I think they share financial stuff. Um, but I, <laughs> Bart uh, rearranges the sandwiches to say our party sucks. Uh, we have, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Homer puts a lampshade on his head. So Homer is the drunkest we have ever seen him in the series at this point. And maybe ever will? Uh, I mean, he's gotten pretty sloshed on a couple of occasions. True, when but... When they go to the Duff factory, he's pretty drunk. But he's he's the more sober one to drive, apparently, at that moment. Yeah, and, and I mean, not as, he's not as bad as this, I don't think. Homer is just plastered, belligerent, running around, putting the lampshade on his head, embarrassing Marge. Uh, you know, also, we see uh, the pile of... Uh, what is it? The pile of coats in the uh, uh, yeah. Homer and Marge's room. And like Maggie's not being watched. She's like all on her own. She like rips up somebody's money. Uh, and Homer 
tells off somebody. Before that, though, oh, yeah? Dr. Hibbert has a scene with Homer. Oh, yes. Where Homer has put a novelty ice cube in his drink with a fly in it. I would say it's the jape of the season. And Hibbert tells him that the toxins used in this are worse, and it would be more sanitary if he put an actual fly in his drink. And Homer's like, oh, but I got you good. You should have seen your face. And yeah, so, so you know, Homer's, Homer really is just getting a kick out of himself. Yeah, and then he sees somebody he's had a problem with for far too long. And what what is exactly this that happens here, uh, uh, Sean? So we cut to Homer, and he's with some random guy who we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And Homer is drunk and belligerent with him. And what what does he say to him? He's like, he's like, he's like, you forget you and your whole. He's like, you stink, and your whole operation stinks. I've been waiting to tell you off for years. And the guy cuts him off, and he says, uh, Homer, we just met. My wife is friends with your wife. We just met three hours ago. <laughs> and he's like, I, he's like, I've been meaning to tell you this. You know, he like rambles for a bit, and he's like, I quit. And the guy is the nicest guy in the world. He's like, oh, no, Homer, don't quit. He's like, all right, then. <laughs> so good. I love how nice this guy is when he's like, oh, no, Homer, don't quit. <laughs> so... We then see. <sighs> I, I would argue this is the worst scene in any Simpsons episode. No. 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 No? Nope. Nope. Homer going to kill himself. I'm still stuck on Homer trying okay. to kill himself. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But man, this is a real close second. Homer is ogling Maud. And um, it's really gross. He's kind of disgusting. He asked Maud for some peanuts. And she goes, oh, okay. And she goes to reach into the like the, the bowl of peanuts. And then Homer, drooling and staring down her shirt, goes, not those peanuts. The ones at the bottom. And ugh, it just sends a chill down my spine because it's super awkward and gross and, and really cringy. That's your neighbor's wife that you're looking down her shirt. Yep. And Homer's just that drunk. I know Mon he has a fox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's on Fox tonight? <laughs> Something risque, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Marge uh, starts apologizing, uh, apologizing to the guests as they leave. And Dr. Hibbert says, you know, Marge, if you want your husband to live, you know, you might want to turn him on his uh, side so he doesn't, you know, like basically like choke on his own vomit. <laughs> And Marge is like, well, thank you, doctor. And he says, remember, I said if. God damn, Hibbert. So I, I think we've both been the drunk person at the party. I've been intoxicated before. And been embarrassing at a party. I am always charming when I'm drunk. I might have to get into that later date. <clears throat> but I could think of an instance where you weren't charming. I'm typically in, in fact, charming when I'm drunk. In fact, I think somebody else who's on one of these podcasts might say you're not so charming when you're drunk. And I paid him for the car wash. Okay, that's charming. But <laughs> uh-huh. I've never been this embarrassing. Yeah, I've never been this bad. I don't oh, think. my God. God Homer's the worst. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Looking down Maud's shirt. Oh my God! Every time I see that face Homer makes, that creepy face, uh-huh. I just think of those freaking Dark Simpsons comics on the internet where he's gonna molest his kids or something. It's so bad. They made it worse. How do you make that scene worse? They pulled it off. Oh my God! I hate it. So, um, we have them about to get into a fight. You know, Marge is. Uh, she pulls Homer into the uh, uh, the car, and she starts playing music, and she says that, you know, when she was a kid, she was always upset when her mom and dad would fight, and so she doesn't want, you know, the kids to know it. And it cuts to the inside of the house with Bart, Lisa, and Maggie looking out the window, and they're like, they're fighting again. And, Bart, and Lisa's like, that music always sends a chill down my spine. That's my childhood in a nutshell, right in that scene. Right in that so scene. Sad. Anyway, 
Uh, so we have, uh, uh, you know, Marge is like, you know, like, you know, do you even remember last night, you know, and how embarrassing you were? And Homer's like, hmm, and thinks about it. And it cuts to this like old timey animation, like 19, what would it even be? What style of like art would that be? So it's similar to like the, um, the drawings of the New Yorker kind of. Yeah, that's. I guess it's. I guess it's not not as much old timey animation. It's like New Yorker style like animation and like everything's like super clean and classy. And uh, I, it's in, in Homer. All these people he's imagining are not who were at the party. So Homer says one of my favorite lines, uh-huh. and it is so witty. And I have used this line before mm-hmm. when I've gone out drinking and it's been raining. Anytime I'm super wet uh-huh. and I go into a place and I order a drink. I say, I must get out of these wet clothes and into a dry martini. <laughs> and everyone chuckles. And uh, uh, somebody sees that there is a, uh, uh, much like with Hibbert, we see that there is a, uh, what looks to be an ice cube with a fly in it. And uh, he goes, good Lord, there's a, a like a fly in my drink. And Homer reaches into the glass and goes, yes, I put it there. And he goes, you did? He says, yes, it was uh, an elaborate, uh, what does he say, an elaborate hoax? It was an elaborate ruse. An elaborate ruse. Marvelous. I pronounce this the, the most whimsical jape of the season. So this group that Homer imagines uh-huh. is actually based on a real group. Oh, really? Yes. So there is a group called the Algonquin. Algonquin Roundtable. It was a group of New York City writers, critics, actors, and wits. They would gather around 1919 to 1929 Uh at the Algonquin Hotel, where they were known as the Vicious Circle, because they would basically make witty wisecracks and wordplay about things as they went around the table. Interesting. And they would just dissect people of the time and just be shrewd. That's But they were considered incredibly classy. Very classy to be harassing, making fun of people. But I, uh, so you know, Homer, as as he's imagining this, like it, it sort of devolves into the actual night he had, and Homer starts to realize, you know, what had happened. I, uh, Marge tells him, "You didn't just cross that line; you threw up on it." <laughs> and the lines are so good in this episode. And another amazing line, I. Uh, Marge says to Homer, she's, you know, I want you to explain to Bart why you scarred him for life. Homer immediately is offended and says, no, I didn't. Oh, you mean on the inside. <laughs> I love, it almost reminds me of like The Shining or something with like Jack Torrance, uh, uh, you know, being like, like, you know, really defensive of the fact that he hit his child. Uh, it's this like really, really horrible moment where Homer is, is offended. Like, why would you think I would strike my child? And he goes, and then he realizes, oh, wait, you mean emotionally. And I, uh, I, uh, so cuts to Homer talking with Bart. And he says, you know, you know, you may have wondered why you saw your daddy acting so weird. And Bart, like, and Homer is, like, ignoring the fact that Bart can see through him. And Bart's like, oh, I understand why. You were wasted. (laughs) And, you know, Homer explains it. And he's like, I hope you haven't, like, lost respect for me. And Bart says, I have as much respect for you as I ever have and I ever will. And Homer takes that as okay. Hey, totally fine. <laughs> he Compliment. doesn't get it. He doesn't get that Bart's being a dick. Yep. So uh, Homer stayed behind from church to talk to uh, uh, to talk to Bart. Uh, Marge, Lisa, and Maggie are at church, though. And I... Uh, Homer doesn't take Bart with him to church when he shows up at church. I thought that was weird. Really? I figured it was the fact that Bart was like, Dad, do I really have to go? And Homer was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. He's ten, and they just left him alone. That, oh yeah, by state law, I think that they're requ- he's required to have a babysitter. Yeah. maybe he got sent off to like mill houses or something. Maybe. Hmm. I don't. Know. I thought it was weird. It is weird. You're right. But did you see who was sitting in front of Marge in church? In front of Mar- oh yeah, it's yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's the nice quote unquote family the uh, uh, the ones in uh, no disgrace like home that you hate so bad. Yeah, the perfect family that end up in Doctor Marvin Runro's office, and also I think were the ones who uh, uh, should have been fired uh, from the ba- at the baseball game. Yes. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, uh, the picnic they should have been fired. One of them, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of them. Uh, yeah, that family's there. I, uh, I uh, are Homer's perfect coworkers. I, uh, 
we also see, I think it's in this scene. Uh, yeah, it's the lawyer who went against Krusty in court. Only he has a mustache now. Huh. Yeah, he's got a, a mustache. It's the lawyer who was uh, uh, prosecuting against uh, Krusty when uh, uh, Krusty, you know, the one yelling about bet- betting tickets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's in the crowd. Only he has a mustache. I. Uh, also, did you catch the pamphlets that uh, Reverend Lovejoy? I did not. Ooh. So here are some of the pamphlets that have now appeared in the church. Bible's Bafflers, Satan's Boners, Good Grief, More Satan's Boners, and it's not. And for the teens, it's not cool to fry in hell. For our younger viewers. Satan's Boner. For our younger viewers. A boner. The boner of the devil. Is considered a joke. A boner is a whimsical joke. Mephistopheles' giant phallic penis. Which is why if you look up old Batman comics, you'll see the Joker ranting about his great boner. Devil dick. Now he's going to have the boner of the season. It'll be the best boner that anyone's ever pulled. I can't believe that they've now twice on The Simpsons referred to jokes as boners. Satan's got some boners, man. Satan's got a <laughs> real big boner for everybody. Did, did you ever play Dante's Inferno on the Xbox 360 and uh, no. PS3? Satan had a huge floppy donkey dick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I kept saying. It's Satan's boners. Oh, man. So, so we have, uh, 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 you know, the... Homer tries to sit down. The Reverend, you know, harps on him. He almost runs into Maud, who gets real awkward around him. She shouldn't. Uh, he a he was a gentleman. <laughs> so, yeah, this is probably why Maud doesn't like Homer from here on out. Yeah, you're probably right. They, she's not very talkative with Homer moving forward, and I don't blame her in the least. I don't either. <sighs> Reverend Lovejoy talks about how he, you know, they, there's going to be a, like a, a camp retreat where, you know, couples can come for marriage counseling, couples counseling or whatever. And he says, you know, unless, you know, maybe if you want to give a, your relationship a tune up or, you know, it's on the, the cusp of divorce, you know, come to this retreat. We'll we'll see what we can do. And so after the sermon, you know, uh, Reverend Lovejoy is talking with Homer and he's like, oh, I, you know, are you going to. Uh, are we going to see you at this retreat? And Homer's like, ah, you know, yeah, that'd be great, but I think we're go- doing okay. And Marge just immediately is signing up. Homer tries to grab the pen from her, and Lovejoy's in the background just like, what the hell? And uh, she forces him to go, uh, you know, that he's going to sign up for this, like, marriage counseling. Meanwhile, we have, uh, well, not meanwhile, but later, I should say, we have Homer and uh, Bart talking about how, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get some fishing in, you know, no big deal. And Marge is like, Homer, you know, we're working on our, you know, marriage. You're not going to have time to fish, you know, and, and Homer's, you know, pretty reluctant about it. But, you know, they go downstairs because, you know, they need, you know, got a babysitter here. <laughs> and I love that. I love this scene. I love this scene so much. I love that they open the door and it's this woman and she goes, I, I, you know, she's like, hi, I'm here for the babysitting job. And she goes, yeah, I'm Marge Simpson. And she goes, Simpson? Simpson? And she sees Bart, who's come downstairs, and he's like, ha come back for more, eh? And somehow Bart remembers this poor girl who watched in horror as Bart as a baby got into the car, somehow started it, and... It's got this nice Omen-esque music in the background <laughs> <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> And like eating, like oh, he like hit, presumably hits her with the car, and she or scre- tries to hit her, yeah, or tries to hit her, and she screams and runs away. Which we, of course, will know that Bart was never a baby in this house. So this is, yeah, it's is, weird. Yeah, weird, non-canon, or the canon just always is being changed and messes up. And I don't know why we ever bother to try to consider it. But anyway, I, I, so. Uh, Bart says, you know, he's like, Mom, Dad, you know, you don't need a babysitter. I can take care of uh, uh, Lisa and Maggie. And Lisa's like, you wouldn't dare. And uh, and Bart says, don't take that tone with me, young lady. You'll taste the back, back of me hand. Grandpa, however, 
is in the house. Not sure why. He was sleeping on the couch. Just they sleeping. He was there. Yeah, basically. That's Maybe how it it's goes. the third Sunday of the month. It's after church. It's the oh, third Sunday of the month. Oh, yeah. It must be. It's got to be. They must have just picked up Grandpa and let him nap on their couch. Before they take him to the liquor store to get beef jerky. <laughs> That's right. And... Grandpa pouts a bit when when Marge asks. He's like, oh, you know, last resort, blah, blah, blah. And like harps on him and he goes, ah, I'll do it. And Grandpa is going to babysit the kids. Uh, so we have Homer stopping in at a paint shop, which is also a gas station, when they're full on gas. Yeah, he stops with a full tank of gas and says we need gas. He lies to his wife, which is already a bad sign. That's not great. So he goes inside to stretch his legs and he buys, you know, worms or whatever bait. And he's talking with this like old, old, you know, like bait shop gas station guy and learns about General Sherman. I love this guy's voice, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's great. Like anytime somebody does that voice, they did the same kind of voice in um, Rick and Morty when they have a purge episode. Oh, there, yeah. There's the guy who they meet who tells them stories and he's got that nice southern voice where he's just going to tell stories. Don't molly out on me, boy. <laughs> So, uh, for the record, uh, they, they say that General Sherman is like 500 pounds or something, and there's no catfish in America that could ever get that size. However, there is the Mekong giant catfish in Southeast Asia, which can grow up to 700 pounds. That's huge. Oh, yeah. They're ridiculous. Now, Sean, I did want to ask you here, because this is a strange thing. It's a, a, a giant fish. It's got a name. You know, that seems odd, but... We'll see this again in another cartoon. Is this a cliche? The giant fish that's named that nobody's seen before? Oh, yeah. This is totally a cliche because I can think of a couple things where it happens in. I can think of Hey Arnold. Is there any others you can think of? I believe it happens in Family Guy at one point. Oh. So is this a cliche that The Simpsons started? Probably. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Uh, Because I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything older than The Simpsons where there was a... A named fish that was mysterious, like the Loch Ness Monster sort of thing going on. It sounds like such a sitcom premise, though. It could be an old sitcom. It could be like an episode of Happy Days where they're like, oh, got to go out to that lake and get the old fish. What's the fish's name? Oh, it's One-Eyed Willy. <laughs> You're probably right. I wouldn't be surprised. It does seem kind of sitcom-y. Uh, so... Um, you know, Homer is declares he's going to get that fish, and all the dudes in the bait shop are like, <gasps> and like you know, spit out their drinks and stuff. We then are at the the lodge or whatever, you know, this this place where you know this retreat is happening, and we have John and Gloria, who uh, you know, her, like their relationship is on the rocks. Who are John and Gloria? Honestly, I'm not sure. Oh, does it seem like we should have some Simpsons characters who actually matter in this scene? Maybe. So, material cut from this episode. Oh, yeah? Include many couples who are supposed to be at the retreat instead of the Flanders family and John. Such as Mr. Burns was supposed to be there with a mail-order bride. <laughs> Mrs. Krabappel was trying to reunite with her estranged husband, Ken Krabappel. Mike Reese has said that the scene played out horribly badly, and it appeared as if Mr. Burns' mail-order bride was a prostitute. The Ken Krabappel character was supposed to be based on Dean Martin, but somehow ended up with a southern accent that made him sound like a hick. The whole scene was rewritten from help with James L. Brooks and completed Uh in several hours. Also, a scene in which Moe asked Dr. Hibbert to cure his discolored feces was also removed during the reading of the first script after complaints by Brooks. (laughs) Maybe for the best, then. Uh, Yeah, so we have John and Gloria, who are just these original characters who are, like, from the U.K.? Can you totally see them being the Kerbopples, though? Burnt out and hating their lives? Yeah, I kind of can. I can see that. I also really love, and for some reason the line has stuck in my head, when I... I, Queen queen of the Hoppies? Queen of the Hoppies! No, I'm not. Queen Queen of the the Hoppies! hoppies. Here's your crown, your majesty! I love that, and... And and it's so weird because all and it's I get that it's a gag, but all Reverend Lovejoy says is he's like, look in each other's eyes, remember like what you may mean to each other, and they're like, your eyes are so beautiful, like let's never fight again, and they kiss and run away, and John and Gloria are gone. Yeah, and that's the scene with them. How weird would that have been if Mister Burns had a male or a bride? That'd be real weird. Really weird, right? Yeah. 
At first, when you brought up Mr. Burns, I was I almost thought like, no way, they wouldn't do Smithers. And then when you said a mail order bride, it's like, okay, that makes a little more sense. An evil businessman who runs for office with a bride from a foreign country. Huh. huh. Funny how that works out. Life parodies The Simpsons. It really, really does. Really, really does. But we also see Ned and Maud Flanders here. Well, they need to get a tune-up on their marriage. Well, yeah, God bless her. Maud sometimes underlines passages in his Bible. Homer says, lucky you don't keep any guns in the house. <laughs> Homer's a dead guy. Yeah, he is. Do you want a list of, because, you know, they ask Marge, uh, well, actually, they ask Homer first what Marge's flaws are, and he says sometimes she can be annoying. What are Marge's complaints? Oh, well... Um, well, we don't get the full list because hours pass and it keeps cutting in and out, but we see, uh, uh, that he drinks out of the carton, never changes the baby, makes funny noises as he sleeps, uh, and as he's going to sleep and sleeping, uh, he scratches himself with his keys, uh, oh, and, uh, he's got gross toenails, he kicks Marge in her sleep, and, like, Marge's voice is hoarse by the time she's done, and Homer's just like, Oh, okay. So makes funny noises when he sleeps and kicks Marge while he sleeps. Mm-hmm. Those are not under his control. That's well, true. I can't control those ones. At least give him some credit on those ones, Marge. Good God. No, this is just her venting. Yeah, but still. I mean, yeah, this is, you know, I mean, Homer's got plenty of faults he can work on. Those are things that are a little harder to control. Sleep and stuff. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't even know if things like Breathe Right strips were around back then. I presume they were, but maybe not. You know, snoring and stuff like that. You know, things to prevent that. Uh, oh, and uh, I'm sorry. There was uh, uh, another bit. He forgets birthdays, holidays, religious and secular, chews with his mouth open, gambles, hangs out in the seedy bar, and blows his nose in the towels, which Homer claims he only did the once. That's gross. Yeah, it is. It's pretty disgusting. Especially since in most cases, a towel is going to be near... Paper towel or toilet paper or something. Maybe they were out of toilet paper, so he blew his nose on the towels. Oh, God, if you've got a toilet paper, then what did he do when he needed to wipe? Went out and bought some. I sure hope so. So uh, we see Bart has a cigar in his mouth as he conned Grandpa into thinking that like his parents allow him to smoke a cigar. Uh, and they're you know at the grocery store buying... Uh, chocolate, chocolate brownie fudge, chocolate, chocolate chip, a uh, whole bunch of ice cream when really you can see Lisa's list that contains broccoli, carrots, fruit, stuff like that. So Bart's not only an underage smoker, but he's smoking in a grocery store, which was a thing back in the 90s. You could smoke just about anywhere Yeah, back in the 90s. There's currently a big complaint going on with season three of Stranger Things uh-huh. where truth.org has come out against like, oh, they're showing smoking and all this. And like a lot of people are up in arms because mm-hmm. they shouldn't complain about that because that's just how it was in the eighties. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, don't be wrong. I the only thing in the world I'm allergic to that I know of is cigarette smoke. I avoid it like the plague. I also, you know, am have dealt with you know people in my life who've had cancer, pretty much because they smoked. I'm definitely anti-smoking for sure. But, but it's the way it was. It's the way it was. You can't rewrite history. Yeah, you know. Wendy's used to have ashtrays in there. They did. They had the little gold ashtrays. Although I will say, in in the defense of this group, and this is just sort of playing devil's advocate, because I do think that, you know, if you're showing that era, you should show it in a a fairly realistic sense to sort of let you immerse yourself. It is a fantasy show. It's not like a documentary. It's not like they're like, and back in the 80s and 90s, or back in the 80s, there was no such thing as smoking. I mean, it is a fantasy show. It is a fantasy show, but But it's it's also a fantasy show that beats you over the head with this is how it was back then. Remember this? Very true. Remember this? This is how it was. Yeah, that that is sort of, and and it's a part of, to me, this charm of Stranger Things and also sort of its flaw is the fact that, yeah, it is. It's just, it's a nostalgia trip that slaps you in the face a bunch. Yeah. You know, and and for the good or bad, that's how it works. So, you know, I, 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 I can see both sides. Don't be wrong. I lean towards the, uh, uh, you know, the fact that it should just be depicted in as real a sense as possible to immerse yourself in it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't show. 
especially to a show that a lot of younger people are going to watch. Yeah. But then again, it's depicted at millennials and people who, you know, grew up in the 80s. So, but, yeah, oh, well. Uh, so we see, you know, uh, Bart is, uh, Bart and Lisa, and I think Maggie's there too, are watching like McBain. Yeah, another McBain scene. Wonderful to see McBain. Lisa's having a bit of an ethical crisis, though. Oh, no, we got to talk about McBain for a second. Ah, uh, by all means. So McBain is being yelled at by his chief of police uh-huh. for the hand cannon that he carries because it's not regulation. And McBain picks up the little gun that they're supposed to carry by the barrel, and he's like, "You want me to use this pea shooter?" Yeah, he says, "I." Uh, he's like, "I want you to say like goodbye to that uh, like hand cannon of yours, McBain." It's not by the book. And McBain oh, yeah. shoots the book out of his hand and blows a hole through the wall. That's right. That's what it is. It's so good. Yeah, he says, it's not by the book. And he blows it up along with a hole in the wall. And he goes, by book. <laughs> it's so good. I wish Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime would have done a live action McBain movie. I wish he would have. That would have been ridiculous. Honestly, I kind of just want him to do scenes from it as he is now, like the old man uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. That'd be pretty good too. So, by book, by book. So, uh, Grant, you know, Grandpa's feeling a little iffy about this. Uh, you know, he's a little unsure, and Lisa feels bad that you know they're taking advantage of uh, you know this old man. Meanwhile, Homer sucks. He feels like he's got the perfect crime by waking up at like five in the morning, get to the pond, you know, catch a fish, dress it, eat it. He has this like giant cockamamie like plan in his head and he gets up out of bed and Marge immediately wakes up. Perfect plan my or perfect crime my ass, Homer. And Marge is upset that he wants to go fishing. He's got his fishing hat on. Yeah, and understandably so. Boots. Uh, Homer is is excited about going fishing. And don't be wrong, you know, with your free time, you should do whatever you want with it. But when you're doing like a couples counseling weekend, maybe that isn't the time. Yeah, you know. <sighs> so, I. You know, we have... uh, March convinces him to lay back in bed. Yeah, yeah. And Homer says, I can't sleep. Can I take a walk? And she just kind of grunts like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Homer gets up and leaves. And in in this moment, Homer is not planning on fishing. He's got to... He realizes that he has to focus on his marriage. But we also see... uh, the kids are taking, you know, advantage of Grandpa. And there's a a line I really love where... uh, Grandpa's pouring coffee for Lisa and, and Bart. Yes. And uh and it cuts and it like you know cuts to the side and he's like, you know, like, are you you know, are you sure your parents allow you to have coffee? And Bart screams. He's like, for the last time, yes. Just wired on caffeine. Also, Bart's gonna throw a party. Who's he called to this party? Well, he calls Otto. And lets him know that he can invite who he wants. And Otto says he has some funky friends. Like Snake. And I think this might... Is this Snake's first appearance? This is Jailbird's first appearance before he's even named Snake. He is Jailbird at the time. Snake Jailbird. Party at 2 o'clock. All right. Getting out of jail and I'm already invited to a party. Jailbird is going to show up at the Simpsons house. So, um... Homer is is taking a walk. He's trying to to clear his head, right? And I, maybe this actually might have been before we see that the the kids are having a party. Uh, and some kid walks away after fishing. And Hol- yeah, the kid who walks away. Can we talk about his animation for a second? Oh yeah, by all means. Why the hell is Huckleberry Finn in this episode? That's a good question. It's very weird looking. It doesn't seem natural. It. it, it it's natural in the sense that they are out in the country. But it's the ghost of Huckleberry Finn who's basically come up to catch this fish and has now disappeared so he doesn't have his fishing line. And that's maybe why. Maybe it is the ghost of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Huckleberry Finn's the ghost of a literary character. I knew the ghost of a literary character would be the death of another literary character. <laughs> so Homer grabs the fishing line or the fishing pole that's on the dock and he's like, hey, kids, you've lo- you forgot your 
pole and he immediately gets pulled into the water or pulled into the boat, which is then strung along the water as he's pulled by General Sherman, this 500 pound catfish. And, um, you know, we see the party and Marge wakes up for the day. She goes to the couple's retreat and Homer isn't there. How awkward is that? Super awkward. Although there is a, a wonderful line from Reverend Lovejoy here as I, uh, he says, Marge, I never say this, but it, this is 100% Homer's fault. And he says, even if Homer was here, he wouldn't recommend the trust exercises that he's, you know, prescribed. That's dark. That's really dark and really, ugh. Yup. So, uh, we have Grandpa Simpson showering in the Simpsons' place, and he's singing Over There, which was written by George M. Cohen in 1917, made famous by uh, a singer named Bill Murray, Billy Murray. And as he from Ghostbusters, no. And so he, as he's singing that, he opens the the door to the bathroom, and screams as he hears loud rock music. There's a like a the house is a mess. Adults on motorcycles have like rode in through the front door. Uh, there's a slip and slide going from the dining room to the den. It's a giant cluster. And uh, Grandpa closes the door and freaks out. Yeah, so the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otto's there. And Otto says a gross line. Uh-huh. I don't like this line. Hey, uh-huh. Bart, are there any chicks over eight here? Uh, not yet, but the party's uh, still young. And uh, does that mean that he'd be okay with a nine-year-old? I mean, that's the rule, right? Is that the rule? I, I th- think the rule's something about nines. Yikes. Just yikes. I feel like Otto should have been like, hey, any chicks over... 20? 18? At least 18. Yeah. Otto, you know what? Otto can be as scummy as he wants. He can hook up with an 18-year-old. At least that's nice and legal. Although Otto seems fairly young. I don't, I'm not sure if we find ever find out exactly how old he is. Do we? I think we do when we see his license... Uh, in a future episode. But oh, maybe we will. So we skipped over a line that I want to bring up. Oh, yeah? So John and Gloria. Mm-hmm. Reverend Lovejoy says a line to him that disgusts me. Yeah? When they're running away happy, he says, remember my saving your lives when we pass the collection plate <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, that's rotten. Yeah. That may have been the moment in uh-huh. my childhood uh-huh. Where I said, wait a minute. We're going to this church and we got to give them money? Something's not adding up. This doesn't seem right. I, yeah, I forgot about that line. That's a pretty good one. I, well, rotten one, but whatever. So we have, uh, you know, this party's going on. Uh, you know, Bart is running like an ice cream bar for the kids, which kind of sounds amazing. I kill for an ice cream bar. Right? And so, you know, we have Lisa, though, who's, you know, feeling really bad for Grandpa. She's saying, you know, we've gone too far. We pushed the children's rights movement, you know, back like 50 years or something. And uh, and Bart's like, yeah, you're real great at parties, Lisa, and runs up, you know, and walks off. We also see, like, Snowball 2 is being washed in the sink. All these kids are, like, wrecking up the place. And we also have, I think, his first uh, Nelson's first ha-ha but instead of ha ha, it's ha ha ha. There's a third ha. Weird. Yeah, he he laughs at Grandpa when he you know goes to pull his belt off and and when his pants fall down. Pants fall down and stuff. Okay, so when his pants fall down, uh huh. I had to pause the frame and look at Pantsless Grandpa for a while. Um. Did you what? Did you look at Pantsless Grandpa at all? <laughs> Not as much as you apparently. So his legs are very skinny. Oh, yeah, they were, weren't They're they? They're, like, oddly skinny for the proportions of his arms and his body. I don't understand why they're so skinny. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really put two and two together, but you're right. That is weird. Yeah, I had to stop and look at Pantsless Grandpa for a little bit. And uh, just saying that, I feel gross and 
I'm gonna shut up now. Enough of your 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 pantsless old people fascination, Sean. Uh, we have to talk about the guy who rides out on the motorcycle. Nelson stole a tie from the uh, uh, Homer's room, and Bart feels guilt for the first time as Grandpa cries. And, you know, is talking about how, you know... He doesn't know what that white-hot feeling is. <laughs> in the back of his neck. That's that's guilt, Bart. Yeah, I guess so. And it's actually just a spider biting his neck. Uh, so, Homer has caught General Sherman. He spends hours on the boat. Uh, he... Uh, uh, he, you know, sings We Are the Champions from Queen when he's, you know, like, you know, getting back to the boat. And Marge is on the dock. So General Sherman mm-hmm. weighs 500 pounds. I think that's what they said. Homer's weight is 239 pounds. So we're going to assume that there are 739 pounds into the boat. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to tell the weight capacity of a boat? No. The number of people that you can have in a boat yeah. is you take the boat's length and feet mm-hmm. times the width. And okay. then divide it by 15. All right. So, uh-huh. because of that, we can generally assume that the <laughs> boat itself could hold about 1,050 pounds, just based on what the weight is that it's currently got and what its estimated length is by looking at it. Interesting. Yeah, it's about 1,000 pounds it could hold. So, Marge could also get in there with that fish if she wanted to. <laughs> I never would have considered uh, doing up the math on uh, the rowboat. So rowboats don't have a capacity on them, but most motorboats do. Oh. My dad owns a motorboat, and it says on the back of it the capacity for it. Interesting. So I had to do a little research for that. <laughs> so, so, so in Homer's defense, he didn't mean to get on that boat and, and battle with General Sherman. He, it was a, a, a sort of a, a quirk of fate as he tried to take, do a nice thing by handing a, a fishing rod to some kid who was. Yeah, missing. but in his, his defense, he just wanted peanuts. Yes. <laughs> also, Homer spent six hours out there and could have easily let go of that fishing rod. Yeah, so he's been with that fish. It's like six hours. So he said he was leaving about 7 a.m., was it? Mm-hmm, something like that. So it's like, what, three in the afternoon now? Oh, wait, no. Uh, it would have been earlier than that because his plan was to get back in bed by 7, but he had left around like 5 in the morning or something. Okay. So a few hours earlier. So, so this ending or this part of the episode it's not quite the ending i guess it's this part of the episode we have marge yelling at homer about how you know he cares more about fish than fishing than you know he does about their marriage and he says no 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 no, that's not the case and she says that you know if like like what does this fish really even mean like do do for you and homer says that it'll get him free breakfast and like fame with the guys at the bait shop the weirdos at the bait shop the weirdos at the bait shop and Homer then, as he's arguing with Marge, throws the fish back in the water. And he says... What a stupid, empty gesture. I just want to point that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is really dumb. So he says, you know, I gave... He, he says, I gave up fame... It basically, he, without these exact words, he basically is saying, I gave up fame with weirdos at a bait shop and a free breakfast, so our marriage is okay. Marge is excited. She goes to hug Homer. And in the foreground, we see General Sherman pop out of the water and wink at the audience. Matt Groening actually hates that scene. Yeah. He thinks it's too cartoony. I would say it's too sitcom-y. So... I'm going to point something out about this scene. Uh-huh. Homer didn't mean to catch this fish, but he caught the fish. He has the fish at this point. Yeah. Marge has done worse to him, in my opinion. Marge has done worse when she cost him a cool million dollars. <laughs> I may be a shitty person, and I may lie and want that money if it was me, but Marge cost him a cool million, and he was okay with it. He accidentally caught this fish. Oh, boo-hoo. Yes, she didn't want him to do it, but you know what? It's there. He's got it. Why not just go with it? 
Why not go with it and say, okay, let's go continue to work on our marriage. This sucks. What happened? Oh, you were trying to help a kid? Cool. She cost him a cool million with her shitty morals. Morals are the bane of society. <laughs> the bane of your personal self. It really, morals help society and prevent people from killing you and stealing uh, all your you know, uh, possessions. But I, I, I definitely agree with that to a certain extent. I do think, though, that like the fact that Homer jumped in the boat initially, okay, yeah, he had no control over that. But the moment where he was just on the water and like was just sitting there, he could have just set the fishing pole down. Clearly that kid didn't care that much about it if he didn't turn around to watch Homer go flying across the lake. Because here's... Well, that kid was a ghost. He couldn't turn around for <laughs> That's it. That's actually, you're probably right. It probably was the ghost of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> so their marriage is saved. Goody. All because Homer threw a fish back. <laughs> yeah. So they get back, and uh, meanwhile... Bart and Lisa, you know, because Bart felt bad, you know, he's got to clean up the house. And uh, uh, Marge says, you know, how did the you get the house so clean? And Grandpa says, by pretending to cry. And the kids are like, what? And he's like, that's right, suckers. Uh, like, ah, ha, ha, ha. He's like, oh, I can turn it on at will. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And he, like, half cries. He walks off laughing. And Bart says, I'll never trust another old person again. That's not the end. It cuts to the bait shop. And we have uh, the bait shop guy is telling some random dude who's going to go fishing about Homer, who almost caught General Sherman, who's apparently seven feet tall, had arms like tree trunks with eyes like steel, cold and hard, and a shock of red hair like the fires of hell. So did Homer go and tell these fucking weirdos his story? Or did the ghost of Huckleberry Finn tell the story? That's a good question. I'm going to say the ghost of Huckleberry Finn because I think it's more interesting. What an episode. So are we in agreement that this is the worst of season two? It's so hard for me to say it's the worst of season two when there are so many phenomenal lines. But it's so awkward. And there's that stupid, stupid scene where General Sherman (laughs) winks at the camera. You know what I will say? What's that? I'll take devil's advocate. I'll play liking this episode because it's 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 an episode. It's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. This is how you do. There's no disgrace like home. Right. You have Homer be the problem, not Marge, because Homer is the problem. Yeah. It at yeah. least does that right. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. <sighs> so what's it's the, the last... same freaking episode? It pretty much is. You're not wrong. It's very close. It's a better done No Disgrace Like Home. Much better. Although still not perfect. It's it's awkward in a few points. And then horribly awkward when, you know, when Homer's ogling Maud. Ugh. But, Sean, what would you say the lasting impact for this episode is? The fact that I'm still alive after watching that horrible <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so awkward. It, it the, Honestly, the lasting impact of that episode is all those scenes I see of the dark Simpsons with Homer and that face, that ogling face. It's always used for him molesting his children or something or Ugh. going after Burns. It's always the creepy, I'm going to rape you face. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, honestly, I, I in my notes, it I just for lasting impact, I have most awkward episode question mark. It's super, super awkward. And despite the fact that there are some phenomenal lines, that awkwardness from the the Homer being a drunk asshole, and then the fact that like everything is resolved in just the worst way. We threw the fish back. It's all better now. We don't have to get a divorce, honey, because I threw the fish away. Well, shit, you threw the fish away. Let's have a good marriage. Yeah, that's basically how it goes. <sighs> What's funny is I remember mm-hmm. we like we would randomly pick Simpsons episodes when we were like eating dinner or when we were hanging out with our yeah, friends. Sure, sure. We randomly picked this episode one time and we watched it. Oh yeah. Like, I remember watching this with our friends in your mom's basement Uh and us thinking, like, 
No, guys, we, we promise. Old Simpsons are good. We promise they're good. Like, not this one, please. Yeah, yeah. Th- this one's just awkward. But, like, the lines that are... Man, I, I have such a, a mixed emotion about this episode because, like, there, there are lines in this episode that I, like, I genuinely was cracking up laughing at, but they're a little few and far between uh, for my liking. So... I tell you what, uh, let's uh, start wrapping things up here, Sean. Uh, for all our patrons, make sure to, or for all our patrons, thank you, of course. But for those who do not support our show and you would like to and get, you know, bonus bi-monthly show out of it, make sure to go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and uh, make sure to check out GameZillaMedia.com for all the other podcasts. I myself am a part of Noobs and Dragons and... Uh, the Legend of Retro, so make sure to check all that out. But, uh, Sean, as we uh, kind of finish everything up, uh, what is your favorite line from the episode? Oh, no, don't quit. <laughs> that guy's so nice. I just can't get over how nice he is. If some drunk was yelling at me, I wouldn't be that nice if he tells me he quits. <laughs> I think my favorite line is got to be the uh, uh, when... Marge and Homer are fighting in the car, and you know we have, uh, uh, you know, Marge says to Homer, you know, uh, explain to Bart why why you scarred him for life, and Homer goes, "No, I didn't." Oh, you mean on the inside? You mean our favorite line isn't? Can I get some peanuts? No, the ones at the bottom. No, no, it's not.